All right, so what rolls into your mind when I say the word group project? Yeah, there's like some no's. Some of you that are in school right now are like, get those words outside of this place. This is my safe place. I don't wanna hear such things. And maybe you've experienced a group project in your school life or even in your work life. Those tend to be something that we have to do in work as well. But typically group projects, nobody is a fan of. Like I've never met anyone yet that's like, give me that. And the reason why they're so difficult and hard is that you don't get to pick your friends. Usually when you're assigned a group project, you don't get to pick, you just get their email and it's like get together and you guys figure this out. You solve this assignment. Nobody is a fan of them, but yet teachers keep giving them out to us because they know there's some value in them. We all have to learn to work together. But there's always that one. Isn't there on your group project, there's always that one, there's always the slacker. The one that's like, hey, um, can you just add my name to it? It'll be fine if you guys do all the work. And there's always the one that just that, like, gets sick all the time or has somebody get sick all the time. The drama when it's like their grandma is in the hospital for the fifth time has died again on the fifth death and resurrection of their grandma. So they can't participate. Or there's that also that one that you're like, maybe we should all just do this for them because we know the grade's gonna kind of go down. Something like that. You've all experienced that. And my daughter was graduating and I love looking at the senior quotes. They're usually pretty creative and entertaining. And there was one that in particular that I really loved and it went like this. When I die, I want the people I did group projects with to lower me into the ground so they can let me down one last time. Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so good. I've remembered it for that long because I thought it was so funny. But have you felt that way about a group project? Like, you know, it's just not going to go well. This is not what you want to do. And it's just because working together is just hard. It's just other people. It's just hard for us to work together sometimes. And I have to tell you, I want our time this morning to be encouraging. I hope you leave just be just uplifted and, and taking home some pieces of information that God is wanting to share with us this morning. But one of the things I wanna be open and honest about is that when you become a believer, a follower in Jesus, you are entered into this big old one group project. So welcome. So glad you're here. You probably didn't know that when you signed up for it, but it is part of that. God has given us this group assignment. And it's not that we're not incapable of this group assignment that he's given us, this group project that he's put us on. We're very capable of it, but unfortunately, sometimes I think we just don't understand it. We miss it. And so our minds don't go there often. Our minds go in a different direction. We move away from this group assignment, this group project that God has put us on, and our minds tend to go elsewhere. And we've talked throughout this series just the good work that God is wanting to do in you, but part of that is this. God's agenda for your life is incomplete without others. And so think about that for a minute, because so often we center our Christian faith and our Christian walk on like our Bible reading and our prayer and our worship, and all that is super important and vital as part of it, but so is this. This is a vital piece in our development as believers, because our, God's agenda for our lives and for His church involves and includes others. And I think as a culture and as a society, I think we get this. We spent like four years uh, or at least a couple years being isolated from other people. And we're kind of recovering from that. We're wanting to get back together. There's a sense of like, I want community back in my life. And we know we saw what happened with isolation. It's not healthy. 
And you see all the trouble that comes with isolation. And we touched on that in our pieces series, if you missed that. And so we know that that is true and history, uh, research tells us that. And so we have this innate sense of like, we just wanna gather with other people. And it's interesting since that time, since COVID, it, I love seeing all these events just pop up in people's lives. Like we always have the wedding, which is always really good, a good time to celebrate. But since then, all these things have started popping up like a friend's giving or like the pre-engagement party, then the engagement party, then the post-engagement party or the gender reveal party. There's Galentine's Day. There's like all these things that we've created just with the sense of like, let's get together. Let's pull people together because we know that we need it. And there's nothing wrong with those things. Like we should take an opportunity to celebrate every good thing that we can. But when it comes to this group assignment, that's not exactly what Jesus was pointing to. Now, I'm a get-together kind of girl. I love it. You got a new fridge? Open that thing up and let's feast together. Let's have a good time. Or it's a Tuesday night? All right, let's go. What are you doing? But that's not what Jesus was talking about when he put us on this group assignment, this group project that we're on. It's not just gathering together. In fact, it goes beyond that. It's more than just a Sunday morning kind of thing. And it actually goes deeper than your daily devotions. And we see this sense of this community because God knew that it was a vital part of our faith walk with him. If we're gonna roll along with him, this is what was a critical piece of it. And we see this from the beginning, right from the get-go. We even see it in God himself. When we look at the nature of who God is, he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And we see that just in himself as who he is and it would take us forever. It's mysterious. We're never gonna unpack that and fully understand it, but it's who God says that he is. And we even see it in the garden when we all began, God uh, created Adam. And when he created man, he created Adam. He said, it's very good. But he began to look around and said, it is not good for man to be alone. There was no one that Adam could relate to, no one in human skin that he could have a relationship with. And yes, he was in community with God, but God even knew that something was missing. I need the community. He needs community. So he created Eve and they began to be able to be relational with each other and relational with God. And then we see this throughout our, our faith history. We see God designate the nation of Israel to be the ones to make himself known throughout the rest of the world. And that was his plan all to begin with, to make himself known throughout the world to all people, but he was gonna use one nation to do it. And starting with Abraham, he began to build that nation with the intention of them being able to make him known, that they, that the world know who, began to know who the true God was, the true and living God. And sometimes they got it right, sometimes they did it well, and sometimes they didn't but they were walking in community with each other. That was where it all happened. And then we see Jesus come onto the scene. And we knew that Jesus was already in perfect unity and community with God the Father and God the Spirit, but yet even then in his humanity, he chose to gather 12 men around him so that they could identify in their humanity with each other. And then as Jesus began to teach them, there was one point in, this, in his ministry where he began to say, they are picking up what I am putting down. Like they're starting to get it. And it's time to move on to the next part of this group assignment. And so he sent them out. And he didn't send them out solo. He sent them out in twos because he knew that they were better together. Whatever they're gonna come up against, they needed each other. And so he sent them out. And then we're gonna see this in the end. It's not over yet. <laughs> he has us. 
But also at the end, we see that he is gonna gather every nation, every tribe, every tongue. That is something that is happening right now among us, but it's also gonna be our future with him. And so this thing of community, we're never gonna get away from. That is part of our group assignment. It's an everlasting group assignment that Jesus has put us on. And it's not an introvert or extrovert kind of thing. If I was listening out all those group gatherings and a part of you inside was just like, please make her stop. Don't say anymore. Like you want to shudder at those thoughts of getting together over anything. The good news for you, you it's introvert, introverted friendly. This group project is not one way or the other. Matter of fact, it applies to us all and it requires us all. This group project that he has put us on. And so in that group project, you don't wanna be the one that lays back because typically in a group project, there's always that one, the one that just wants to lay back. And when you lay back, the reality of that is you're missing out on what God has assigned for you and the good that he wants to pull out of you. It's not a lone ranger type of faith. When you begin to look at your faith walk, and we've talked about this through this series that somewhere along the lines, we've kind of picked that up that it's just this lone ranger type of faith. I just get my Jesus and I ride off into the sunset. And like a drifter, you weren't born to roll alone. You were born to roll with others when it comes to this Jesus thing. But so often we just take, it's like me and my Jesus and we just hold him close and it doesn't matter about anybody else or what anybody else is doing. I've just got Jesus and I'm good. And there's gonna be times in your faith walk where it feels like that. It feels like just me and Jesus. And I'm not talking about that because some of you I know are environments where like, you're the only one. You're the only one that is following Jesus, trying to follow Jesus and professing Jesus. And so it is you and your Jesus. I'm not talking about that. There are times where you just go off with just you and Jesus. Those times are super important. Matter of fact, we see Jesus do that while he was here on earth. He knew he needed to get away in solitude and spend time with his father. And that's so important for us all. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about where you just feel like it is just your salvation. You believe you're good. It's your ticket to heaven and you're fine. And you don't involve anybody else around you. And sometimes we've been taught that. Sometimes we've become to believe that. It's just not a me faith. It's not one of those things if you're in the mindset of like, that is how you were taught to believe where it's like you're just saved. And we've talked about this in this series where you become to know Jesus and it is just your ticket to heaven where you have your own cloud. <laughs> or maybe even your own mansion has been thrown out there to you. Now, yes, Jesus has told us he's going to perfect a place for us. But if that is your mindset, you're missing the assignment. And matter of fact, that just makes your faith very feeble and weak. And Jesus wants so much more for you out of his life, out of your faith walk than that. And so I wanna take us back to Philippians. We talked about this at the beginning of this series. And it says this, Paul is writing, and he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And so I wanna talk about that, that completion part. That is what he's trying to work out in all of us. And basically what God is saying, what Jesus is saying to us is that we've got work to do. We've got work to do in this group project that he's assigned us to. And the good news is like he wants us to complete it. He doesn't want us to leave it unfinished. As a matter of fact, he wants all of us to get an A. He wants all of us to rise to the top and fulfill our part of this group project. And so we've got work to do. Now, unfortunately, it would be great and fantastic is the moment that you believed you were perfected. 
Wouldn't that be amazing? The moment you got baptized, when you came up out of that water, just all the bad things just kind of evaporated off of you. Like all the pride, the selfishness, the quick temperedness, just, just being selfish just went away. But it doesn't work like that. It's almost like when the teacher gives you the group assignment, it's not completed the moment that you see it. It's not completed the moment that you read it. You gotta work it out. And so basically we got to work it out so that we can live it out. Now, the awesome thing about that is the power that those things have over you, the power of selfishness, that, that tendency to just care about yourself or just be quick tempered with others, all the things you know that as a believer that God is wanting to work out in you, the power that those things have over you are gone. That's what Jesus did at the cross. You no longer have to bow to those things anymore. But the reality is we gotta work it out. We gotta work with each other to figure out how to perfect ourselves in Christ. And have you ever thought about this, that the work that God is completing in you, oftentimes the people that he's put around you. Because we are perfected when we are interconnected. It's just a part of this faith walk. If we're gonna roll with Jesus, it includes others. And so rolling away from others instead of with others means you miss out on what God has imagined for your life and what he's imagined for his church. There was one day I was scrolling on Instagram reels and I know that social media gets a bashing sometimes, but if you can find you some funny reels, it's, it's a good time. It's almost better than some TV. And so I was just scrolling on reels and I came across this image, this reel video of a marathon. These people were running a marathon. It was pretty decent sized marathon. So there are people like on both sides of the street and they're just cheering people on. They're like, you, they've got signs and they're telling them go, you got it and they're clapping for them. And they're, all these runners, they're running Running. And of course, they're running for the finish line. But you see people running and one person begins to struggle. They begin to stumble a little bit to the point where they are almost going to fall. And so other runners just, just stopped their pace. They gave up their pace and they went and they helped this person along because they're like, we're gonna, they must have been close to the finish line. We're like, we're not going to leave you back here. We're going to help you finish. And people were running to their aid. And it made me think of this group project, this group assignment that I think that God is calling us to. And it looked a little bit like this. This isn't the same exact picture, but you get the idea in your head. They're all moving in the same direction. There's people cheering them on. They're encouraging each other. They're setting their pace. They're going for a prize. And then I kept scrolling a little bit more and another reel came up. And this one was a little bit different. It was people running for something. You could tell they were after something, but instead of running together, they were just elbowing people. It was one of those reels that you needed to have on mute because words were flying and stuff, like stuff was coming out. They were going strong after something. They were wanting something bad. And they were just pushing people out of the way to get there. And you would have thought I'm describing a hockey game. Like they were going for the Stanley Cup, the prize of hockey. But no, they were going for this beauty right here. Yes, maybe you guys have seen it. Maybe you've seen that reel and you know what I'm talking about. They were going after it for this and they were pushing each other and elbowing each other out of the way to get it. And you can't get it at Target right now. You might can find it on eBay or Etsy or something like that. You'll pay like three times the price that it was in Target, but it's out there somewhere. But people were just going mad over this thing. And it just made me think about our faith walk. Do we have a marathon mentality when you look at your faith walk? But you do have more of a me mentality, just like a grab it and go. Are you willing to run or walk alongside others, champion them along the way? Maybe change your pace a little bit so that we all keep up together. 
Or is it just more of a me mentality where you're just being selfish with your sufferings and your experiences? Because even those God wants to use to build up his body. And so let's look at scripture again. I want us to take, take us back to Philippians. And this is what Paul says. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Whether in humility, value others above yourselves not looking into your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now that's a lot to digest, but I want us to look at this, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What was that? What was the mindset of Christ Jesus? Because that's the attitude we're to take on. That's part of getting ready to fulfill our group assignment is we got to get our minds right. We got to get set up for this project that we're, that we're entered into. And when we look at Jesus, if we keep reading down in Philippians, what Paul tells us is that Jesus, who was equal with God, decided to leave that equality behind and come to earth so that he can identify with you and with me so that he could understand what it was like to be human, every emotion he experienced, so that he could relate to us. And so to do that, he had to take on some humility. And it wasn't, didn't, that humility doesn't mean he becomes of less value. We would all agree that Jesus was of the same value. He just chose to give up his position. And that is the mindset that we have to take on in this group project, this mindset of humility of where we don't always have to be right. We don't always have to be first. Maybe we're going to slow down a little bit so that we all move together. And so when we adopt that mentality of Jesus, that mindset of Jesus, of humility, it helps us move forward together on this group project. So what have you been given? What do you bring to the table on this group project, whether it's a gift or a trial or suffering? All of that is meaningful that is meant to help build up the body of Christ, whether you think so or not. We hear so many times people say, I feel like so much of my life is wasted because there were years in my life where maybe I just didn't focus on Jesus. He, I, I wasn't running after him. I was running after that lesser prize. And so many people think that it's over for them or you don't have a future. And that is so not true. Not when we read the scriptures, not when we take in what Jesus tells us. Because he said that when we become believers, he works all things out for the good. Meaning that he can take the bad things in your life and turn them for the good. He can use them for the good of others, no matter what that was. It's called redemption. And only he can do it. And that is what he's offering to all of us. So don't think that you don't have anything to bring to this group project. Don't think that you're lesser than, you don't have worth to bring to the body of Christ, to this race that we're on, because you do. Jesus is the one that redeems that and makes it worthwhile. And so when we talk about things here at the summit, it's why we've talked about groups this morning. It's because we believe it's so important. All the other things, your personal Bible study, hopefully you're holding on to that too, but this is where we all get to work it out. This is where in the group context is where whatever God wants to bring into completion in you, it happens there. It happens in community, which is why we believe so strongly about it. Matter of fact, if you have a child in our family ministries right now, they're in a small group. They're huddled up in a circle and they're just talking about the Bible story that they just heard. Because we know that learning comes through conversation. 
Sometimes it's not all passive. It's got to be active. We got to work it out. And in that, we get to spur each other, spur one another along like that marathon. We're going to move along with each other. We're going to carry each other to get to the common prize. And we know this isn't easy. We'll be honest and real with you guys. Like we know that people are crazy. People are crazy even inside the church. We know that that's, that's true. And so stepping into this group context is maybe like a foreign thing to you. And, and we understand that. We know it's asking a little bit more. But it's worth it. Does it require sharing your life? Yes. Like we don't want you to be an oversharer. You don't have to share everything. Don't do that. But it does require sharing your life with other people. Maybe letting go a little bit of pride or, a little, or being a little bit more vulnerable around others. But the good news is you're around people that are moving in the same direction. We all got our eyes on the common goal, the common group project that we've been assigned. Does it mean prioritizing your schedule a little bit differently? Probably so. Does it mean you're gonna have to rearrange a little bit of things to make some room for this? Yeah. Does it mean you might be a little bit uncomfortable at first? Probably so, hopefully not for long, just for a little bit until y'all get to know each other. But again, it's worth it. Do you have a marathon mentality or a me mentality? With whatever you're running for, is the prize worth it? Or is it a lesser prize that you're after? And we want you to know it's not about creating friendships and friendships are important. What we're talking about here, this part of this group assignment is not just about creating friendships, it's about cultivating your faith. And that's so important. Jesus tells us it's a prize worth all prizes is to work on your faith. Hopefully you will find, as I have found, talking about friendships, that when you step into this part of your group assignment here within the body of Christ, is you're gonna see what I've experienced. It's not about friendships, but the reality is some of the most deepest and meaningful relationships that I have had have come from people in these seats. And hopefully that becomes your story as well. And so think about your friendship circles for just a second. Are they like-minded in the way of Jesus? And not all your friendships need to be that way. That's not what we're going after here with this. But when in looking at your friendship circles, what direction are they moving in? Because chances are you probably need more people in your life who look most like Jesus. And we know that not everybody is rolling on God's agenda. When it comes to Jesus, not everybody out there is rolling the same way. And it's not that we're asking you to just only be around those people. Matter of fact, if we look at what Jesus said, what he told his disciples when he was praying to God, he said, God, I don't want you to take them out of the world. That's not the point. I want you to put them in the world because I know that's where they're gonna have influence. And that's what he wants for our, our lives as well. But in that moment, Jesus prayed for protection and power over them, which he does for us. And so don't exclude other friendship circles, but maybe it would be wise just to take a look at your friendship circles and say, what percentage of, percentage of them are like-minded, like Jesus? Who is spurring me on in the ways of the faith? Who is encouraging me? Because whenever we adopt that mindset of rolling along with others and just not rolling solo, we begin to complete our portion of the group project that Jesus has assigned to all of us. And the cool thing I think about this, when Jesus gives us this group assignment, it's not like the teacher where he's like, here it is, there you go, y'all have fun, hopefully it works out well for all of you. 
Now what Jesus does is he jumps in the middle of it with us. And we get to see this when he, through one of his prayers that he prayed. And I wanna set this up for us just a little bit. Jesus is coming to the end of his earthly ministry. He knows the cross is ahead of him and he sees it coming. And so he spends some time just talking to God because he realized like, Things are set in motion. They got what they need to carry out this mission that I've come to, to do. And so he goes along with himself and he's praying to God. We've had people ask sometimes about prayer. Do you think it's okay that I tell God what's going on? Because he knows anyway. And we always say, sure, I think that's a great idea. And what we're gonna see right here is Jesus did it. Basically, Jesus is giving God the after action report. He was like, I came, I accomplished my mission and this is what happened. And so we see Jesus who could who have prayed for anything in the whole world. I mean, imagine he could have said, God, I did it. They, they got it. Let's just call this done. Let's move on. But he didn't. And this is what he prayed. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And so I know there was a lot of pronouns in there. There's a lot to digest. And maybe sometime this week, you just sit with your phone and just read through that because there's so much power in there because these are Jesus's words. And these are when he's praying for us. He prayed for himself first. He prayed for his disciples. And then he, this part is about you. It's about me. It's about us. And this is what he prayed for. He could have prayed for anything. But yet what he prays for is that they would become one by, coming, by becoming in complete unity. And so we can't miss this part of our group assignment, this group project that he has put us on. We can't miss it because it's what he prayed for. It's what he asked God for. But I also know that when we're gonna roll along with others, we're inevitably gonna rub somebody wrong. Somebody's gonna rub you wrong. It just happens. Because we all have differences and we all have differences of opinions, but that doesn't mean when there's conflict in the body, in the body of Christ, and there will be because we're human, it's just how we handle that is what makes all the difference in the world. And what threatens that unity that Jesus prayed for, that unity in the body of believers in the body of Christ, is just disagreements and differences over our preferences. And when we look at the big picture, typically those are all just secondary things. And they may be important to you, but they're just secondary things because our primary thing is Jesus. He is our prize. He is who we're running for. And so often we just let those secondary issues become to separate us to where it, we want to avoid each other. It's just when we have the power of Jesus working in us and the spirit, his spirit working in us, those differences and disagreements actually can lead to better decisions when we begin to look at them as a whole and we complete and we begin to honor the humility and take on the mindset of Christ that he's given us. So when conflicts come into your life or differences, do you take on a marathon mindset there? Or do you take on a me mindset? The marathon mindset, meaning that I might change my pace a little bit. I might slow down a little bit so I can help someone else along. It might take longer that way, typically it does. But do you have that marathon mindset where you're ready to champion someone else along or you begin to champion someone else along? 
Or do you have that me mindset where you just see differences and preferences is just something that threatens you and you just need to avoid it. So you just grab your Jesus and you just go. And either way, I have to tell you, no matter what we do on that, we can be a hindrance or a help in fulfilling Jesus's prayer. And we've all had that me mindset. This is not to shame anybody because we've been there. I've been there. You have this me mindset about your faith. It's just, we just can't stay there. We gotta move out of that me mindset and move into this marathon mindset if we're gonna complete and fully finish this group project that Jesus has put us on. And either way, whether we run with a marathon mindset or a me mindset, the world is gonna take notice. And Jesus, through the power of his spirit, like I said, he doesn't just give us this group assignment and back off, he comes and journeys alongside with us. And he's given us the power of the spirit, his spirit, to work out all these differences that we have. And he calls it the one another's. Because as Jesus followers, we are not just called to Jesus, but to one another. And have you ever thought about that when you're tossing around your faith that we're called to one another? I want us to take a look in Philippians again at what Paul wrote. And he said this, then make my, mind, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Now, how do we get there? Because like-mindedness, I don't want you to leave that like-mindedness is the sameness. That's what, not what like-mindedness is. Jesus doesn't intend to be us to be a choreographed dance team. What he's looking for more is like an orchestra, a symphony, where we all have our different parts, but blended together, we have perfect harmony because we're looking at one. He's our conductor. We have our eyes on him. So it's not the sameness because sameness sometimes can be boring. It takes all of us. And we don't conform to each other. That's not the goal. We're not called to be the same, but we are conformed to Christ. Not to conform to each other, but to conform to him. And when, we're, when we begin to conform to him, I think what we decide and what we find is that we are free to live out those differences. Actually, that's when we become better together is when we get to do that. I love the scripture out of Proverbs and it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So who is that for you in your life? Who are you allowing to come alongside of you to help sharpen you? Or how are you sharpening others? Maybe God has put I know he's put people in your circle for a purpose, but maybe God has put that over talker in your, in your circle so that you can become a better listener. Or maybe that complainer, maybe it's so that you can learn some patience. Or the one with all the faults, you know that one. There's always one, right, in that group project. The one with all the faults, maybe God has put that person in your circle so that you can learn to accept them and their faults the same way God has accepted you and yours. Or that one that's overbearing, that one, maybe God has allowed them in your circle so that you can learn some courage to speak truth and love at the same time so that they can learn from you too, so that we can sharpen each other. And so in those situations where you begin to feel a little bit of disunity in your circles, or maybe you're afraid to step into it because you know it's gonna be like that, maybe you should just step in and just begin to ask Jesus, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? with these people that you've put in my life. What one another are you trying, are you wanting me to interject into this relationship right now for the moment? Because our disunity limits his work, 
But our unity is our testimony that Jesus is real. And He is real. And we see this beautifully demonstrated in the early church where we see them gathering together and it's in Acts, you can read about it, but it's where the rich and the poor were sitting together. The slave and the free were coming together. It was Jew and Gentile coming together. And in that time, that was unheard of. Not only was it unheard of, it shouldn't have happened. It was almost illegal for these people to be gathering together. But they did it anyway because they had their eye on the prize of Jesus and they knew what He had called them to. And the beautiful thing, my role here at the summit is I get a bird's eye view on that for us. And so often I see someone just reaching out and just saying, I'm not gonna make it. I'm struggling right now, I need help. Whether that is physically or just they need help just emotionally, but they're like, I'm not gonna make it. And then so many of you live a life of generosity. You give to God and you trust this church as the vehicle for that. And because of that, those two people become interconnected like we saw earlier. And sometimes they don't even know it. And they begin to help each other and they begin to sharpen each other along in this marathon race that we're on and unity is created. And even in our small group circles, I know that there has been people that have suffered loss or they're just waiting for a child to be born, but then they're in this small group and they're celebrating the birth of someone else's. How beautiful is that? There's been times in these very seats where there's been people falling apart because of what was spoken or what they heard or just the work that God is doing in their life. And there's been others of you that have just reached out and said, I don't know you, but I know it's gonna be all right. Glad you're here. What a beautiful thing. And that is what is happening here. And it's the way that Jesus is gonna make himself known because I have to tell you, unity is attractive. Unity says something because all of this shouldn't be happening, right? And it doesn't happen without the Spirit of God because we all believe different things. We all live different lives. We come from different neighborhoods. We all vote differently, y'all, but we love each other. And it's because all those are secondary things because Jesus is our primary thing and He is our prize that we're running after. And everything else is less than. And so we have to keep our eyes and our focus on that. And it is a beautiful thing when it happens. There's nothing else like it on earth when you look at it. And that is the way that Jesus is pulling out His completion in you. And it's the way that He is making Himself known in this earth. It's the way that we are, He's bringing His kingdom into play. Because the church is no small thing. This group project, this group assignment that we're on is no small thing. It's pretty big. It's world changing, life changing. It's all of it. Because the church is not a cult. It's like we talked about, we don't wanna be the same. We may wear the same t-shirts sometime. We may drink the same Kool-Aid, but we're not all the same. We're different and we wanna be different. We're not a clique or a cult. <laughs> and we're not a clique either. Even though our doors are gonna be open and our circles are gonna be open, which is why we're inviting you in to groups. We wanna keep growing. And we're not a country club. Some people think a church is a country club. That's not who we are. There's no membership fee here. We're not here to serve each other. We're here to serve each other and out there. We're here to love on each other and make Jesus known out there. And so it's no small thing, this thing, this group project that Jesus has called us to and we all get to be a part of it. No matter what, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, He's calling us to this group project as we believe in Him. And so some of you, I know you may have some church hurt in your past and I wish we could fix that. We can say we're sorry, we can't go back and fix that. But what I would like to say to you today is in light of what Jesus prayed, in light of His words, would you just be willing to give it a fresh start? 
Would you be willing just to take your place inside this group assignment, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've walked through? Because Jesus promises He's gonna use it. He's gonna use it for the good. He's gonna use, use it to build up each other and to build up His church. And so what is that for you right now? In light of what, listening to what Jesus prayed and knowing He's put the Spirit in play to help you live this out, He hasn't just given you a blank a pro- project. He's gonna equip us to finish it, to completion. So what is that for you? Maybe if you're brand new to the faith and you haven't experienced that tenderness and compassion and that encouragement that Paul was talking about what we looked at earlier, just take a seat and lean in for a minute. Let Jesus just communicate with you and fill you up. But for some of you, I know you've been following Jesus for a while. And so maybe you need to step into that group assignment. Maybe you need to gather around like-minded believers to help us push this group assignment forward. Some of you, maybe you need to lead a group or you need to facilitate one, or you just need to be in it. That's your next step. And then for others of you, maybe you just have this spirit of disunity. You inherited it. It came from somewhere. It's out there. The world's not going to go in this direction. And so you pick it up from somewhere. And so maybe it's time just to just to get rid of it. Just ask Jesus to help you find your way through that. What's causing disunity in your heart and your mind towards other people? And so I wanna close out just our time together, just praying for that, for all of us as a church. And so you'll, you'll pray with me. Jesus, we thank you that you have put us on this assignment as hard as it is. And oftentimes we miss it, God, just cause we're not focused on it. And so God, I just pray that you would just help us refocus and center our attention on you, the ultimate prize, who we're all here for. God, I just pray for whatever next step someone needs to take, that you would just give them the courage to do that today, God, because that is what you want to work out in us. It's where you want to fulfill us. God, I just pray that your spirit would just take away any disunity that is in our hearts or our minds, whether we grew up with it, or maybe we had some church hurt with it, wherever that came from. Jesus, I pray that we just lay it open before you and allow you to heal it. Allow us to be the church that you dreamed of, that you imagined, that that you prayed for. In your name we pray, amen.